Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Today on Made for This, we are going to be looking at Philippians 4, verses 2 through 4, and 7 through 8. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And now, let's hear from Jenny. So we have come to the place where there's a girl fight. Yes, in the end of Philippians, Paul is addressing two different women that are leaders in the church that need to get along better. So we all know that this happens. This is all of us. Like I've said before, until we've had a fight, we're barely real friends. So conflict is a part of relationships. And he's not dogging them for having conflict. He's just saying, hey, you got to work that out. you got to come to a resolution. There's two resolutions that you can come to. One resolution is, you know what? We need space, and this friendship is no longer healthy for us, and that is okay. Now, how you know that that's the case is that over and over again, you have tried to reconcile, tried to come to understanding, but this friendship continues after a lot of work. Key there is that you've given it a lot of work. You still have continued dissension and disagreement. And, and you know, Paul went through this. You see that with he and Peter— they, they, you know, they they work things out, but largely they stayed away from each other. Um, you see that with Paul and Barnabas. You see that they went different ways, and it served the gospel. Friendships are not. If we picked up every friend and kept them forever, that we have. You know, I think of the Girl Scout song I used to sing all the time in brownies: "Make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver, and the other's gold." Only time I will ever sing on this podcast. But it is impossible. You cannot keep and maintain every friendship you will ever make. That is not going to happen. There's going to be seasons for friendships, and we need to let that roll. We cannot hold tightly to every person that comes into our life and make them our best, best friend forever and ever. That is something you say in middle school when you're naive and you don't understand life because as you age, you realize that different friendships will serve different purposes in different seasons in our life. There's a place for conflict resolution. There's a place for working and sticking with the people that God has given you to do life with and not just running because it gets difficult. I think we're tempted to do that, that when a relationship gets hard, we're out. And and this is not at all what Christian community is about. Like you are going to have fights. You're going to have disagreements. And that actually should serve to bring you closer, that having great conflict is a part of great relationships. 
But Paul knows that reconciliation is important to display God to this world. So how do we reconcile and how do we move forward? One is we keep short accounts. Because our hope is heaven, because our citizenship is heaven, because our hope is God and our relationship is ultimately satisfied in God, then we can let people be people and we can let them disappoint us, let them hurt us, and we can let that slide. We can keep short accounts and let those things, you know, roll off our back. So many hurts are truly just misunderstandings. So many times I've thought someone meant something and I've read into it and I've built an entire case against myself from that person that they must be feeling, that they must be thinking And all of a sudden we have this huge war and the other person doesn't even know it. The other person looked at me sideways because they were hungry. I mean, we can build entire wars between each other and it's all make believe it's pretend. So we need to be careful to make sure that if we're going to deal with an offense, which I believe there's a time for that, that it's a real offense. However, if you notice something, and this is my rule on it, Paul knows and understands there's going to be conflict and there's going to be times that we get angry. And he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is in Ephesians 4 and give no opportunity to the devil. So this is my rule on when to address something. I tell my team this in the offices. If something lingers, you know, don't don't be quick to run in somebody's office and try to make something right. Because a lot of times that's actually our own selfish ambition just to put our conscience at, at peace or just to not feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it's the less selfish thing to give something space and time to walk away from it, to sleep on it a few nights. And if if you notice you can't let that thing go, then go to that person and say, you know what, something you said the other day, maybe I misunderstood you, but it really hasn't, I haven't been able to shake it. What did you mean by this? And give them a chance. Assume the best. Assume they didn't mean something ill. Or perhaps, and many times, that other person has some hurt that they've held on to and they haven't brought to you. But give them grace to bring it to you at that time. Yeah, ideally, they probably should have brought it to you first. We all should. We should be accountable to when we can't let something go to bring that anger to someone else and and to work it out and not to let it take root and a root of bitterness to rise up in us. But Let's give people grace. Maybe they've been too busy. Maybe they they haven't even noticed or known exactly how to bring it to us. So my rule is when you've given it a few nights sleep and you can't shake it, ask to sit down with that person, but approach them in a lot of grace and just be like, let me tell you what I experienced. Let me tell you what that made me feel. And then here's the other thing. When people come to us with those things, we'd be so quick to apologize. I can't tell you how many times people have brought me something that I didn't even mean. Like there was no ill intention in me. There was no purposeful hurt. I did not even realize I said it or did it, but that doesn't matter. The bottom line is they felt hurt and they felt hurt by me. And so I take accountability for hurting them, even if I didn't mean to. And so we apologize and we say, what can I do? These are my favorite two lines. I'm so, well, they're my least favorite lines, but they work. I'm so sorry. And what can I do to make that right? And you don't really need to say a lot else. (laughs) Because most of the time, the more we say, then we move into defending ourselves. And I've learned that there is very little good done in defending myself, even if it was right, even if they misunderstood something. It really goes nowhere. And and Jesus's way is, you see David do this constantly. King David never defended his own name. He held back from people from even defending his own name. And he was comfortable being misunderstood. He was comfortable with people thinking ill of him, or I doubt he was comfortable with it, but he let it happen because he knew that God would defend what he needed to defend. God is the defender of our names. We do not have to go right every wrong. 
And then when that's the case, you get to live very difficult to be offended. Like I, I literally feel like people are all the time will be like, I'm so sorry, but da, da, da. I was like, you really don't have to apologize to me. Like it is very difficult to offend me. I mean, because I just, I'm moving through life expecting to be offended, expecting to be hurt and disappointed and trusting God to be my significance. So when I get hurt, I can kind of let it go most of the time. Now, there are plenty of times that I've had to sit down and say, that really hurt me and let's work through this. But let's be those that are not quick to be angered. And what Paul's going to say on down, he's going to say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And don't you know, Paul in his mind is like throwing in and with thanksgiving, like, hey, don't miss this. Like when you pray, be grateful and, and focus on the good and other people focus on the good in your own life. And yet submit that to God and pray about it. And he is able to shift our hearts. I have seen this again and again and again. And it says in verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it is beyond our human reckoning. It will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You guys, what I am calling you to, what Paul was calling us to, what God is calling us to is a supernatural, completely wholly different mindset that is guarded supplied, filled with Christ Jesus. He is the way we will think. He is the way we will relate. He is the way and means by which we speak. He is the means by which we reconcile because we have been forgiven so much, we forgive. Because we have been loved so much, we love. Because we have been given such abundance, we give away our abundance. This is the story of God. This is how we live out the gospel. It is in relationship. It's not in isolation. That is easier. It is easier to hide and to not have to work these things out, to let no one hurt us, to guard ourselves with our own isolation and loneliness, but it is a miserable way to live. We actually have two really good questions today, Jenny. Here's the first one. We got a question from Instagram. When I think someone is upset with me, what should I do? I'm a big believer in getting everything on the table. Like don't don't build a big narrative in your head that somebody is upset with you. And what we'll do is we'll even add all the details about why they're upset with us. And we will imagine all kinds of things. Sometimes my gut on that is right. And so rather than build a narrative of why they're upset with me and this big, huge civil war that isn't even happening... I quickly and and typically pick up the phone and just, or sometimes I've even sent a text and say, hey, are we okay? Is there anything we need to talk about? And honestly, sometimes that has yielded great fruit. And sometimes it's like, no, we're great. Everything's great. And then sometimes there's a third option. Everything's great. And they, they don't act like anything's wrong, but something is wrong. And it's building under the surface. And it usually continues to build until some point that it busts out. And and you know what? Here's the verse that I live by is, as much as it concerns me, live at peace with all men. That has served me so well. So that means that I'm going to do what I can, but I can't control that other person. I can't make them tell me if something's upsetting them. I can simply put myself out there, make sure that there's nothing I've done that they need to talk about, but I can't force everything to be okay. And I think resting in that and knowing that I've done everything I can has been a sweet space for me to to move forward and not to dwell on it and not to harbor and not to build a huge creative, I'm pretty creative with my narrative of what is wrong. And here's the second question. I thought it'd be good with election year coming up and we are about to have more and more political conversations with friends and family. Hey. Okay. <laughs> 
How do we do real close Christ-honoring friendship when we disagree so strongly about politics? Oh, gosh. Okay. Mercy. We are in a more seriously divided world than we've ever been in. And it seems like everybody's opinions are just getting more and more sacred. And these dividing lines are actually dividing um, families, dividing people that have been friends for a long time, dividing churches. And so this is such an important question. And, And what I would say to this is there is room in loving relationships to have different opinions on things. And and what we've got to realize is we're talking, especially if we're going to talk about politics, we're talking about a human institution that is run by humans. So if you, you know, what I always do is say like, okay, we're looking at basically you know, you look at different sides of issues, different sides of partisan politics and you've got you know, wrongs on both sides. It's not like you're you're standing with the holy figure on one side and you're standing with the righteous, you know, party. Now I'm gonna get in trouble just for even saying this, but but I really think we've got to step back from this and realize that eternity is real, that our time here matters, and that most people you're talking to and that you love, they're fighting for something they really believe in. That's a good thing. You know, I, I think when when someone's a Democrat, you know, immediately the Republicans are like, how could you fight for this Democrat who is against pro-life, you know, that, that they're for abortion? And, you know, and on the other side, it's, it's the idea that how can you be for somebody that's racist or against immigration? You know, there's, it's like, well, we're all four people. <laughs> we all, you know, on both sides, what you can't agree on is, you know what, we're doing the best we can with what we know and what we care about. And each of us care about different things because we're around different groups of people. But I think largely people are trying to care about people. I, I often hear that at the core of their argument. And so I think you've got to just realize, you know what, we are going to, and I mean, the old saying is true, like we're going to agree to disagree. And if you want to go into those conversations, good for you. I would recommend if you know someone is very opinionated about their politics, what good is, you are not going to change their minds by having a conversation. You aren't. You think you might, but you won't. And I'm not saying you can't expand their mind. So maybe a, a better way to do it is to explain what, where you're coming from. Like, this is why I'm landing on this. And then understanding and listening to where they're coming from and not assuming. I think what we do so often in relationships is we assume things on that person. So you cannot possibly be, you know, intelligent and be a conservative. You you can't possibly be godly and, and a Christian and be a Democrat. Like there's these just ridiculous overreaching assumptions that we make about people rather than trying to understand them. Because for most people, their politics are personal. They come from a very personal place, an experience that they have, someone that they know that's suffering in some way. They are fighting for something in their world that they care about. And when we get to the root of what they care about, rarely do we disagree. We actually, of course, we want people to be taken care of. We just don't agree on how that is best done. And so I would just say, Try to move conversations to what you can agree on with each other, what you can understand better about each other, but also try to, you know, and if that's just not going to happen, I would avoid the conversations and don't apologize for it. It Just in my experience with people I love, it has rarely gone well (laughs) or it rarely produces fruit. And so there may be, and especially in this year coming, plenty of space for just, you know what, we are not going to, we're not going to go there. Hey, 
This is Chloe from Jenny's team, and we're so glad you're on this journey with us. If the idea of finding your people and walking out gospel community feels overwhelming or impossible, or if you want to just dive deeper and really flesh out what healthy community could look like in your life, we created a free resource for you called The Friend Guide. It's a straightforward list of steps to take towards being a better friend and finding your people. So go to JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com to download your copy now.